Hello and welcome to the Community Impact Podcast, an Omega podcast where we talk to important members of the DGN community. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Ali Emmett. I'm a senior and one of the a editors for the Omega. I'm joined with my co-host, Claire Gorey. Hi, I'm Claire. I'm also a senior and I'm one of the opinion editors. Today we are talking to Chris Johnson, the CEO of Tivoli Enterprises, about how COVID-19 has impacted the Tivoli. Hi, Chris. Could you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your job? Sure. So I'm Chris Johnson. I'm officially the CEO of Tivoli Enterprises. Our primary function is operating Classic Cinemas, which is a chain of 15 movie theaters, 131 screens. Um, one of those screens is the actual the little baby screen that's going to go next to the Tivoli, um, which will be open um, when we start running movies again. But we've been in business since 1978. I started working officially in 1980, in March of 1980, and have worked since I was an usher, a manager, and then I was a um, concession manager, and then I dealt in operations and VP and finance and HR and all that. I did, um, I did commute nine years of college. I got an associate's, a bachelor's, and a master's um, while working. So um so i'm a i'm a a heck of a commuter um but um anyways so i've lived here my entire life in downers grove and our like i said our family my dad actually bought the theater in 1977 as a real estate investment and somebody else operated it and then they kind of left in the middle of the night um and uh, so he had to figure out what to do with it and ultimately decided that, you know, they would run it. The old manager kind of encouraged him. He, he didn't want to leave. So he, he said, hey, I know how to run the theater. If you can run the business side, then, um, you know, we can open it. And so that's how it happened. Um, so it was, he, he ran a, a company called Johnson Printers with my uncle, which was actually right where Egg Harbor is, that whole kind of area. And, uh, and he was still running that. So it was really by accident uh, that it all happened. And then, um, like I said, when I started, we had one theater and one screen. That was the Tivoli. And then we started going into different downtowns and buying up other, um, you know, other theaters and fixing them up. And we used to be just strictly bargain theaters. But, you know, as time went by, then we switched to first run and that kind of thing. So that's kind of a quick overview. So next, um, what has changed for you in the Tivoli um, during COVID? And then also just changes with other theaters, you said, or maybe even the bowling alley and like the hotel above the Tivoli. Okay, so COVID obviously closed us down uh, March 16th. And we, um, and by the way, do you want me to just talk just about Downers Grove at the Tivoli, right? not about the whole company. Yeah, I mean, we could focus on the Tivoli, I guess. Yeah, let's focus on the Tivoli. Okay, so what happened? The Tivoli then closed on March 16th, and um, and so did the bowling alley. The hotel has stayed up open the whole time. Uh, real quick, the hotel is 54 rooms, and the average stay is three and a half years. 
So it's not like a hotel. It's just a, they call it an SRO, which is a single resident occupancy. And um, so that was, you know, that, that's just like an apartment. Um, so that stayed open. Then on um, June 27th, I believe, or June 28th, I can't remember which one, we were allowed to reopen. We did not reopen the Tivoli Theater because at first we thought we were going to be able to um, to have like 250 people in there, which would be like 25% occupancy. But they put it, it's 50%, but a cap of 50. So that would be less than 5%. And so we weren't, you know, we weren't able to do that. Um, so we did do some like curbside popcorn for a, a quick bit. And then we, um, you know, during that time, we put a new concession counter in and um, a self-serve counter. And we actually put ICs in. Everybody, that was our only theater that didn't have ICs. So now it has ICs um, for flavors. So that's exciting once we get that back open. Um, but, um, and then we, we worked on putting this mini theater in, which will really help us out. Um, and it'll have like heated reclining seats and, you know, nice projection and all that. And what it really does, probably the biggest disadvantage on the Tivoli being one screen is that we have to hold movies too long. So we'll play a movie and then the film company will require that we play it for, you know, three, four weeks. And, and after the second week, it's kind of done. So this will allow us to move it over to the small auditorium, or if we have a big event, um, we'll be able to, um, run that so best example a couple of years back we had this um jason isbell who's this like grammy winning artist big time sold out two shows well we we had the concert set and then black panther was being released the exact same week so we couldn't play black panther which was like massive like hurt because it did so well with this little theater we'd be able to move the um on wednesday and thursday move the the movie over there so we'd be able to play every film so the 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 idea is that we'll have more flexibility to program the tivoli better the theater better as far as the bowling alley goes um we we did stay open from that date on uh, june 27th or 8th and we ran it until i think it was november something when they had um the tier three mitigation, we can be open in tier two mitigation, um, which seems like it's going to roll back probably tomorrow. Um, we're probably going to reopen the bowling alley next Friday if everything goes right. But um, the uh, as far as the movie theater goes, we're, we're going to wait until um, one, we finish that little theater. And then two, when there's like a, study a study supply of new movies so we're trying to you know we're trying to gauge that originally we were going to open on february 26th we'll have to see how that goes whether um you know some of the movies stay or leave one of the movies that left was morbius which is a pretty big movie and so we were kind of disappointed that move so that might kick us back you know into march or april but um but anyways that's that's kind of the current state as far as the things that we did you know for COVID. i mean we never opened the theater but if, if we did we you know we 
we, we would have massive, um, um, you know, physical spacing or social distancing, whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, all the standard stuff, the mask, the cleaning, you know, and, and that the bowling alley was the same thing. Um, you know, there was, um, you had to wear mask and distance and all that stuff, but you know, we, everything was working pretty good. I mean, you know, at our other theaters, I mean, the thing is about movie going is it's has a like non-existence spread uh, because people are quiet. They're not talking to each other. They're six foot apart and they're not facing each other. So it really is as a, like a no incident. So there's been several studies and, uh, and they just, they don't show transmission. So, but uh, obviously, you know, we want to get back in business. It's I, I've never, you know, oh, I mean, I've been around for a long time and, and um, like I said, I started in, in, in 1980. So it's been 40, whatever years. And we've been closed for a year, you know, and that's, you know, almost a year. And it's, it's, it's insane. So um, having the ability to make it through that is, uh, is, is crazy. I mean, a lot of people want to say, you know, what, how would you describe 2020? And I would describe it as humbling. And uh, because, you know, everything was going well, and, and we were on a great path and with everything. And then, we weren't. And, and so, you know, um, that's, that's where we're at right now, but I am optimistic, uh, going forward. So I'll, I'll let you ask another question before I keep rambling, before I keep rambling. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully in these next few months, we can get back to our movies. Um, I know I will, at least I've seen the sign on the Tivoli. You've like yes. given people birthday shout outs or whatever. Could you talk a little bit about that? And then like how much it costs if like people want to do it for their kids? Or yeah. So that's a great question. So um, the short story is um, I got that tip from a person that uh, another theater owner uh, that I actually had loaned some money into and they couldn't pay me anything. And they said, well, Hey, I got a good tip for you. <laughs> sell, uh, sell the marquee. And, uh, so we did. And, you know, it was, it was slightly slow at first until people realized, yeah. And then it's like booked up and people don't understand. Like you can't just call like today and ask, you know, get it tomorrow. It's like people actually plan these things. So we've had an amazing um, response to it and everybody wants to see their, you know, their, um, uh, their message up there to their loved one. I think the, the coolest one was this. Um, I don't remember the dog's name, but they were like, it was the dog's 10th year, 10th, birthday and they're like the best dog ever you know happy birthday whatever i'm terrible i don't remember the dog's name and uh it was so cute and i happened to be i happened to be um driving by or something i saw him there oh you must be you know whatever and they're like yeah and they're posing everybody goes out there and poses and they just have a great time and and so but it you know it isn't cheap I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little embarrassed about how much we were charging, 
it's 250 uh, with the lights on and everything, but it, it actually does take a long time to change. And they actually discontinued making those letters. Those letters are like 25 bucks each. And we started like, cause if you drop them, you know, they break. And we tried to order more and they're like, um, yeah, we stopped making them cause there's no demand. So now we're like scouring eBay and everything. But, um, so yeah, it's, it's 250 bucks with the lights on, but it, they do a real nice job. And, and, uh, actually it's kind of funny. Um, this was, uh, this was a friend of mine, you know, and I was trying to show like how it looks, you know, there and there and, and, uh, and everybody poses and anyways, it's a lot of fun, but that's what it is. That's what it costs. And I think there's a thing on our, um, on our website that just shows how they can go about that, but it's pretty easy to navigate and we're just happy. It helps us support us a little bit, you know, um, certainly, um, the hardest part is we, so we employ, or we used to employ, you know, just just a little, I think it was like 475 employees, something like that. And uh, now we're down to like, I don't know if it's 40 or less than that, you know, between everything that we do. So that's like the most challenging part. And that's what we really want to do is get everybody back. But in the interim, we're trying to pay whatever bills we can and do that kind of thing. So it's fun. It helps pay a little bit and people have, kind of embraced it but it is 250 bucks yes yeah so. i know i know claire and i love looking at the sign every time we pass the tivoli so everyone's yeah, yeah. enjoying it for sure um next we just wanted to ask though do you think there will be lasting effects on the movie theater industry from the changes made during the pandemic um i think you were talking about like updates you're making to the theaters maybe if other theaters are doing that as well during this time yeah so so in general, I think the biggest thing that'll happen on movie theaters, um, there's two sides of it. One is the content side. Um, so the first thing is that because we were closed, a lot of the studios took it upon themselves to stream a lot of the stuff. But um, the economics of it are that it does make sense for, for movies to go into the theater first and then they make more money that way. Um, but it has changed some of the models. Um, but as far as, so, so the fundamental space of a movie theater is really um, a gathering space. And everybody asked me like, oh, I got a big TV at home. I don't need a movie theater. It's like, okay, you're gonna sit in your house all day forever. You know, you have a kitchen at home. Do you ever go out to eat? You know, I mean, you, you do still do things out of the house and people are dying to get out of the house. So once, and people, by the way, who watch Netflix and stream are the biggest movie theater goers there are. So you either like like content or you don't like content. And, uh, you know, so, so those people will go out. Um, I do think there are opportunities that have happened um, twofold. One has to do with the structure of how content was put on the screen at the theaters. There was this, I don't want to get too complicated, but there was this agreement for, it's called virtual print fees that happened with movie theaters where 
um, essentially it moved from film to digital, but because of that, it limited like most of the features to be bigger budget films. And a lot of the smaller stuff had trouble sort of, um, being able to afford to play in movies. So that those agreements have all kind of like ended for most of them. And so what that'll do is it'll allow movie theaters to play more stuff and send it kind of cool niche stuff and be able to program it better. And I do see a time when, um, and the other thing too is, as you know, it's way easier to film stuff these days. It used to be, you know, to film something with a, with film, <laughs> you know, that was super expensive, but now you can, you know, you can, you can make a cool uh, movie. Uh, and so there's going to be more content and there's going to be the ability to be able to program it, you know, um, little, like if you're into like, let's say, uh, you know, I don't know, some like, um, underwater, uh, you know, I don't know, you're, you're into scuba diving or something. And like the scuba diving club has this really cool film that they want to show. Well, they'll be able to bring that content and everybody who's interested in scuba diving can go for that one day. So I think you're, I think what I'm saying is you're going to have a lot more sort of this gathering place with more content and very kind of niche stuff that you'll be able to do during the week. And then obviously on the, the weekends and that you'll be able to, you know, play the big budget stuff. Um, I think it eventizes anything, you know, even if you go back to like Game of Thrones being a TV show, when they ran that in some theaters, um, I mean, it was like, they were like huge events because people wanted to be together as a group, not necessarily all their friends. They want to be with their like, you know, sort of like friend, uh, not friends, like community or whatever. So, so I think the idea of, movie theaters um you know is still very relevant maybe they shouldn't call them movie theaters they'll be you know i mean it's you know it's for content um but uh as far as the physical things look in we have i said we have 131 screens over 100 of those have recliners so one of the things that we had started to do prior to the pandemic not at the tivoli main theater but um, is putting these big recliners that are six and a half feet apart, you know, spacing. It just so happened that that's like a good thing. People feel good about that. But I think the comfort aspect of movie theaters is everybody's upping their game on that. You know, the, uh, um, you know, you want to make it so it's like special. I always call it affordable luxury and, you know, try to make it so it's reasonably priced, but but yet um, super comfortable and, and cool. And I think the biggest thing that a movie theater offers is, um, and this sounds crazy, but it's the ability to go offline and not have control. So uh, there's a few things on that that I'll, I'll say. The first one is I was out in LA and every year they have panels like they'll have panels of moms and panels of teens and panels of seniors and on the panel of teens they asked them they said well would you like a movie theater where you can text in it and you know kind of like you know the old folks were trying you know people my age were trying to be like you know how do we get the teens to like this and they're like well if we could text during the movie 
we just stay home. What's the point of that? And so the, the teens were basically saying, we want to go there so we can disconnect and go offline and, and be fully immersed. And so that was one thing. And I think that's a universal message all the way through. The second thing is that content is so much better. Uh, I'll equate to a roller coaster. You know, when you get on a roller coaster and you're kind of like iffy on it, you're not sure but there's no getting off in the middle of it. And sometimes you're watching movies and they're like, Oh my God, this is insane. You know, but you like, you like endure it and and you can't pause it. You can't stop and talk with your friends about it. You know, the lights don't go on. Your mom isn't yelling at you or whatever. Um, So the idea is you have this deeper immersion and the offline mode, which is like something that, you know, we don't, um, you know, since we've been here, my phone's rung a couple times on the text and you get distracted. When you're in that theater, it's like, hey, we're, we're into it. So I do think that actual experience of that letting go is probably more, um, you know, needed more than ever. And, and I think that is what deepens the uh, connection and with the content and, you uh, you know, like, for instance, I saw Wonder Woman 1984 in a movie theater. And, um, you know, it was different than on TV. Because like, you start getting, when you're watching on TV, you get a little bored and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go get a drink. I'm going to go get this and that. It's just a different sort of feel. So I still think there's a, uh, I still think movie theaters are very relevant. I still think... Um, you know, we'll have a business. It is, you know, ultimately, though, the content providers, you know, are the ones that, um, you know, that bring the audiences in. So you're going to have to be, um, you know, a little bit more creative. I mean, I've done like, so we did an event that broadcast from China. It was like the, uh, some video game like world championship and it started at two in the morning because of the time zones and people showed up you know and they're like cheering with thunder sticks and i am like hey whatever i you know it's it's what people do so that's my point is that you know um you're gonna you're gonna get these communities that want to get together and uh you know and have a good time and it's memorable so Yeah, definitely. I think what you were saying about being a teenager, there's something just so magical about going to a movie theater and you're just completely disconnected. And so since, yeah, yeah. and since we are teenagers and we do go to North, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were a North student yourself. So could you just talk, have there been any lasting impacts or just funny stories at North that you still carry with you to this day? Well, I got a funny one that you, so when I went to North, it was, I don't want to say it was illegal, but you could not wear shorts. Um, believe it or not, it was uh, not allowed. And so one of the, um, there was two guys and they started this, this campaign to allow you to wear shorts. Of course, there was no air conditioning. You know, it was super hot and they wanted to wear shorts. And so what they did was they wore a tie every day and every day 
that they weren't allowed to wear shorts. They wore another tie. So then they start, I mean, so they left them on every day. So they had like, you know, bazillion ties and they organized these walkouts. I mean, of course, these are really heavy things. But um, and so I remember that we ultimately made it possible for North students to be able to wear shorts <laughs> to North. Um, the other thing, you know, I was, uh, we used to have an auto shop where you learn how to repair cars. So I took, I took, um, I took every industrial education. I took woods one, two, three, and four. I took auto, um, got the grease monkey award, um, which was like, you know, finishing all this stuff, graphic art, screen printing. But anyways, it, you know, the, the, my, my brother who's older, they used to be able to smoke on campus and go off of campus for, for lunch. So that was like, what the heck? I mean, he didn't smoke, but what the heck? But we were, we got shorts and, uh, and were able to do industrial education. So those, that's the only, oh, one thing that was kind of funny in speech class, um, I remember that I did a demonstration of how to do this bike tricks where you do a 360 and stuff. So I brought my bike into the, into the, into North high on the second floor and was doing tricks in the hallway and it was, and I didn't get in trouble. So (laughs) that was fun. That is, those are honestly shocking stories. Those are hilarious. I got one, one more story, one more story, which is funny, just not funny. So this is me, my one detention at North high. My one detention was we had ice skating in gym. And what happened was, is you had to get on the bus and then they would bring you to a pond and you skate and then they'd come back. Well, I told my teacher, I said, I want to get more ice time. So I'm going to drive down there myself so I can get an extra 10 minutes. And he goes, you know, I got to give you a, a detention. If you do that, I go, I don't know why I just want to skate more today. So I did it. And he gave me a detention. That so is, those are honestly that. shocking stories. My one detention. Well, I got one, one, one more story. One more story, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not funny. Bike riding, so gym, this is me. My one detention uh, at North ice High. Skating, my I mean, one detention was we had ice skating and gym. And what happened was, is you had to get on the bus and and then they would bring you to a pond and you skate and then they'd come back. Well, I told my teacher, I said, I want to get more ice time. So I'm going to drive down there myself so I can get an extra 10 minutes. And he goes, you know, I got to give you a, a detention. If you do that, I go, I don't know why. I just want to skate more today. So I did it and he gave me a detention. So that was that. <laughs> my one detention. I wish we could still skate in gym class. That's actually very fun. Bike riding in gym, bowling, uh, ice skating. I mean, a lot of fun stuff. Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) Maybe I'll have to propose that to the gym curriculum. Um, but just lastly, we just wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about what's next for the Tivoli and what you want the community to know about any upcoming plans. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is that, um, we have navigated this. We will be back open. This little screen that's going to open um, is not a replacement for the big one. It's It just gives us the ability to turn over the product more, to do more special events, to uh, play a wider range of films. And we're excited. You know, we're really excited about that. And the Tivoli 
is our first theater and uh, and so it, it holds a, a, a really special place you know in in our hearts and um, so we're always trying to you know make it better and make it nicer the one thing I will say it's my dad's dream who just turned 84 on um, Monday it's my dad's dream to actually reinstall the original marquee. The marquee that you see was put up in 1950 and uh, he wants to reconstruct the original one. So I'm hoping someday we'll be able to do that. Um, I know it'd be shocking, but it would be, you know, the throwback, but we we're really just excited to get back into business. Sitting around is no fun. And uh, you know, and so, the, the community support, um, you know, everybody talks about the Tivoli and they give us great reviews, but ultimately um, the best thing that anybody can do is, hey, when we do open and we're ready to go, please come out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and as always, you know, hey, free refills on everything. And the Icy's, four flavors of Icy's, you can mix, match, free refills. Come on, that's great. <laughs> So that's it. Thank you so much. I mean, I've learned so much in these like 20 minutes, like seriously, all about North and then just everything oh, about yeah. the Tivoli. It's been amazing. So thank, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to the Community Impact Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Gorey. And I'm Ali Emmett. Check out Spotify for upcoming episodes to hear more about influential people in the DGN community.